Welcome to a free solution. I'm Kevin Wilson today, joined by Tim, the Freedom Variant O'Connor. I'm here, Kevin. You know, I mean, I'm here. That's the way it is. The, the world has once again averted climatic and fiscal disaster through the beneficial actions of our overlords. And so we can all sleep better now. Uh, yeah, no, it, you can't run up against the ceiling if you get rid of it altogether just that's uh <laughs> oh no they this is one of the most res- we should probably save it for the show because i got things we should no i t- <laughs> ladies and gentlemen tim has feelings about this oh um, it's one of the most responsible deals ever in the words of kevin mccarthy yeah for sure the uh, so we're we're gonna, we're of course going to talk about the debt ceiling i got that right there in the title we're also going to talk about some stuff Related to New York, uh, marijuana dispensary uh, licenses yeah. and uh, the results of a lawsuit that uh, just got settled. And uh, we're also going to talk about uh, one of the wins at the Supreme Court. A big win. And and you know what else we're going to talk about, guys? Like, some of you guys were incensed about Katenji Brown's answer to what is a woman, which is now the latest kind of... Uh, I don't know what you call those things, Kevin, where they're like, it's either you're with us or you're against us. What is a woman? Katenji Brown doesn't know what a woman is. And how her yeah. and Neil Gorsuch are coming down on the side of freaking human beings, man. But yeah. We'll, no, we'll it, get there. Uh... Like, it's it's real. Like, Katenji Brown answered a question about women in a legally articulate way, and people freaked the F out. And so whatever. We'll talk about it, man. Yeah, well, let's talk about it because yeah, there's uh some good stuff in there. Good stuff in the uh, <coughs> the main ruling and the concurrent ruling as well. Yeah. So yeah. Um. All right. Yeah. So we're we're gonna get to the show in just a sec. Now, an hour of clarity for exhausted people of our nation mired in toxic partisanship. Left versus right, us versus them. While we pay to keep our politicians fighting, how do we the people rise up and solve the great challenges of our time? We do it by embracing freedom and liberty. There may be no such thing as a free lunch, but this hour is as close as it gets. Welcome to A Free Solution. All right, welcome to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, today, joined by Tim, the Freedom Marion O'Connor. Hi, Kevin. How are you? Fantastic. How are you, Tim? All right. I'm all right. You know, I had an exciting right. weekend. I took my kid to Virginia for some wrestling. He did pretty well. He, was, he looked a little small, like, by comparison to people that went to Virginia to wrestle, which is unusual. Oh, wow. Well, that's cool. Uh, that sounds like a good time. I spent most of my time outdoors. That's also but, a good uh, time. Yeah, great time. Biked around and enjoyed the sunshine and I think gave both myself and my son a sunburn. Despite it's good constantly form. putting on sunscreen. Yeah. Listen, vitamin D is is nature's remedy. It's nature's cure-all. It's a it's a natural antiviral. It 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 helps hormonal and physical development. It helps your body process calcium. It does all sorts of wonderful things. So yeah. a little bit of fi- vitamin D, good. Yeah. Sunburn, bad. It's it's, it's not uh, good for you, Tim. It's know, not good for you. I'm not going to judge you. I, I have no proof. 
<laughs> no, no proof. I have no proof. Yeah. There's no proof of that. Yeah, if, if anyone has any studies on how getting too much sun without uh, sun protection is bad for you, please send them Tim's way. Uh, <laughs> I know it's, it's going to be tough to find. I know, folks. Yeah. But um, so we, we are not, in fact, going to be talking about the merits of uh, being out in the sun or not being out in the sun. Uh, we are going to talk about the debt ceiling, and we're going to talk about New York State marijuana licenses, and we're going to talk about Supreme Court ruling, and maybe other stuff, too. We, I know we have many folks out there who are listening on the live version of our show. If you're listening on WYSL on Thursday evening, appreciate you being here. If you're with us on Tuesday evening on the Free Solution Facebook page, YouTube channel, Kevin Wilson page, Tim O'Connor page, wherever you are, appreciate you all, too. We got Alice out there, uh, anonymous Facebook user out there sorry i don't know why it doesn't come through for you guys uh cody anderson cody you are not the only one watching uh patricia is watching as well uh but yeah appreciate y'all being here <laughs> so kevin you know a couple of weeks ago when we were in the middle of this dead fight i i made a joke about just how unserious this seems to me because this is like the 157th time these guys have just about ran the the economic ship that is the u.s economy into the ground by not raising the debt ceiling i laughed it off because i knew at some point we would get this this deal that is going to infuriate everybody period like it's it's in a way hilarious like it was so predictable guys it and that's one of the things i've been trying to explain to people for a long time that they're they're almost reusing old script that they put together. It's 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 at that stage. So congratulations, you hardcore conservatives who you know got McCarthy into your leadership role. You you guys got him, man. You got your representation. Oh wait, no, he sat in a room with Biden, cut a great deal for whomever, making sure everything's fully funded for the net. You guys don't even get to argue over this again before the election. Congratulations, well done. Well, well played. Yeah. No, conveniently kicked off until the next election. And so just briefly note on brief note on history before we, we jump into the details of this particular debt situation. Um, again, that we, we've been doing this for a while. It's, it's, it's been a thing. Rarely are any actual cuts made. And, and the closest we got to that was in like, was it like 20, 2013, something like that, uh, where, where we had some actual cuts made hopefully I, I got that year right but there's a little bit of a, a slowdown in spending kind of across the board with some exceptions i think made for military spending but yeah. military spending is going to be fine three percent a year but that's in addition to like they do some baseline budgeting that it yeah. accounts for inflation so don't worry guys the the gdp is safe that's, at yeah. a 35 to 37 percent spending expenditures by the federal government it's going to grow yeah so yeah i mean let's so you're, you're kind of getting to like the the current deal right like oh, uh yeah sorry Kevin. yeah, move, yeah move, moving on moving on from the uh the past stuff um you, you'd mentioned the 3.3 percent bump in military spending so no cuts there no flatlining there and that's that's bipartisan you know for um right. A lot, a lot like the Democrats want to be able to fund the war in Ukraine, and that that's kind of gets roped into that, right? Because you have to buy all the new equipment and then ship the old equipment to Ukraine and then provide some direct aid. And then the Republicans just they that seems to be the area where they're, they're afraid to talk about cutting spending ever um, and, and they won't do it. 
So we, ne we never uh, even uh -huh. like level out after the ending of a couple major wars. So did we get any even leveling out? No, of course not. Wars Why would are, we do that? Yeah, wars are are so popular in mainstream America. Like, and look, I remember last week you asked me what my solutions are. I don't care. I'm anti-war. Right? That's it. I get that. That's that's almost too simplistic. But still, that's that's where I've got to reside. So when we talk about wars, Republicans are afraid to not fund wars. And now Democrats have become like uh, like George Bush in, in 2000. They're like, yeah, let's go fight them over there before they come here. Like, let's not have any sure, real they, conversations about root causes yeah. and, and, you know, whatever. They, they want a, a muscular liberal state that defends their vision for a liberal democracy which you know come like and i mean it in the like the broadest sense of the word right like a, a republican form of government that is friendly to the united states and having a muscular foreign policy that reinforces that right mm -hmm. and to combat um totalitarian regimes like russia or china you need to have a strong military force that either actually intervenes or at least threatens to intervene in situations where they could get involved right this is a, this is like classic you know, Bill Crystal stuff, right? Like it's yeah. That's that that's that's his argument. I'm being nice about the argument. Now, does that often go wrong, waste billions and billions of dollars and cause like untold millions of billions of dollars in damage, millions yeah. of lives disrupted, uh, through yeah. consequences that we couldn't possibly see down the line? Yeah, yeah, yeah. also that. Sure. Yeah. But the US right. dollar maintains its its dominance on the world stage. These things are important, Kevin. Right. And I mean, my, I would probably make the argument that we, we probably didn't even need to do that to maintain the dominance of the U.S. dollar. But but just in case, Kevin, I'm saying that's we've got to back it up somehow. That's that's the point. Case, of yeah. We've got to be a, we've got to be there for the people of the world and we have to be able to threaten them with violence or else. Yeah, okay. more or less now. OK, so other other important things to know about that ceiling. And I don't know if I had made this joke live on the radio show part, but uh yeah, well, they, they essentially eliminated the debt ceiling through uh, the beginning of 2025. They said, OK, instead of like raising it by a certain amount and if we hit that certain amount, we're just going to like say the debt ceiling doesn't matter and Treasury can just go and spend whatever Congress told them to spend until then. Right. So because that, that's how the process works is Congress. They pass the bill. They, you know, whatever bill it is, cromnibus, omnibus. That's that's the only way it works now. Actual budget, maybe every once in a while. Um, and and then tr the Treasury Department has to like actually go out and spend this money that Congress has appropriated to spend. And the thing that's caught up is like, well, we've been told that we can only spend this much money. We can only issue this much debt. We need to be able to issue more debt in order to spend this money. Right. We need to, to sell some bonds. We need to do our thing. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's, and so the, the terrifying part about this is because they didn't commit to any specific amount and because essentially I, I know with inflation, it's going to be like sort of kind of like people are talking about it as cuts, but it's, it's still 1% increase, not over what it was pre COVID, but a 1% increase over what it has been in an emergency situation. Right. And until very, very recently, the Biden administration and Congress has, has treated us as still an emergency situation that warrants a massive increase in spending. We've spent six trillion dollars over the last uh, three years in in just covid stuff on, on top of like other things as well. Right. right? So 
six trillion dollars. And that we are we are adding on top of that. Not saying like, okay, we're gonna go back to to 2019 levels. We're gonna go back to what it was before. We could have just done that. No. And it still would have been bad. It still would have been awful to do that, but it would have been better than like what well, we're just gonna just gonna keep piling on. But maybe at a slightly slower rate of piling on than what Democrats wanted. Right. So what I think that one of the end results where it's going to be felt by us, the ability for, for Congress to not have to negotiate over omnibus spending is a continued devaluation of the dollar and perhaps an accelerated devaluation of the dollar. Like I'm not necessarily doom and gloom, like we're going to collapse like Venezuela, but I'm, I am really feeling the devaluation of the dollar in my personal life, as I am sure most of you are as well, especially those of you on fixed incomes, especially those of you looking at retirement, especially those of you looking at the challenges of everyday life and seeing that gas prices are maintaining, getting closer to four bucks. Like these things and food, guys, food is, that's what this kind of spending ensures is going to continue in the future. And, And the argument that we're actually spending less if we budget in for inflation is actually terrifying <laughs> like yeah. it's it's actually terrifying me just a little bit it, it is not the right way to govern well i mean that's how they think of it all right you have to increase it by the amount of inflation it really is effectively a decrease so therefore you know we're, we're cutting spending by only increasing by one percent and the Repub- the mean republicans are cutting spending too much whereas libertarians are like oh god we're we're, we're, we're in such big trouble and you guys don't even realize it yet or maybe you do and you don't care because you think you're going to be fine well, they, they can kind of write checks to at the at the post office and just cash the money and they, they'll be fine. Like, that's the thing. They're disconnected from our reality, right? Like that that our budgeting has is a fixed income compared to what they're on. And and so they they are. They're, in fact, disconnected. They have millions of dollars in their campaign funds. They have they get hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in payments and then they serve on committees and they get more money and they get rewarded too with like the dopamine receptors of being you know popular or quoted or retweeted or whatever it is they get all of those things so they have no idea what we're going through yeah no that's that's definitely all part of it and somehow uh because Perhaps in part because Congress has exempted itself from insider trading laws. Oh my God! Um, yeah. Yeah. They uh, they seem to to always come out a little bit wealthier after getting through Congress somehow. It's just a miracle. Somehow, some way. Just a miracle. Just just lucky. Just smart. That's New Gingrich. How it is. Look, I got to remind everybody. New Gingrich knows that Paul Pelosi is a savvy investor. It's got nothing to do with Nancy Pelosi. Guys, New Gingrich supposedly a conservative icon does not want Paul Pelosi called out for Nancy offering him insider stock trips, right? So he he goes on the Sean Hannity show, on the Sean Hannity show, and says, oh, Sean, Paul Pelosi is an astute investor. I'm like, do we need anything else other than that? Like, come on. Yeah, Campbell wonder, all right, when, when push comes to shove, who who's he looking out for? Is it is it you or is it uh, his, his buddies in Washington or – connected through power in Congress, not even necessarily in Washington, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's, it is in fact that it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's not great. So, uh, other aspects of this 
situation. Um, you know, there's good, good news. No, no new uh, tax on cryptocurrency miners. Uh, you got that. Yeah, well, uh, that is actually good. They, yeah, they're going to rescind some uh, COVID-19 funds that are unspent. 30 billion of it. That is which uh, solve a lot of problems. Yeah, sounds like a lot of money until you remember, you know, we uh, we spent six trillion and uh, you know, also sent many tens of billions of dollars. We, we uh, gave out money with with the requirement that it gets spent. We gave it all the way out to the local government level with yeah. the requirement that it gets spent on things like salaries, on bonuses. I it was required. There were things they couldn't do with it, like infrastructure improvement or lowering taxes for people in their communities. Okay, they had to spend it on COVID emergency stuff. So, at the end of the day, Otsego County hands out a bunch of bonuses to all the department heads. Congratulations! Right. <laughs> I mean, they're they're supposed point. to spend it on salaries, so they spend the economy and kept kept the whole thing rolling, right? It, I guess. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. You get the multiplier effect. You're the economist. You should know. Come on. Okay, but the multiplier effect is from a different time when we used to have to rely on each other to stimulate economic activity when we would put our deposits in a bank and a bank could make loans to our neighbors on a certain percentage of that money and they had to keep a certain percentage of that money in a bank. Now, the government bank gives money to another bank which then loans it to a rich guy for some crazy business idea which he either pays back or he doesn't. Like that money never gets back down to us. We get to get up, go to work, Honestly, guys, you should just get a job for the government at this point. I'm, I'm telling you, get your kids into the government. I mean, and then it's going to collapse. But still, that's that's what we should do. Forget about manufacturing. Forget about construction. Go to work for the government. Ride that wave, right? <laughs> it, it looks like inevitable. Everybody's going to be working for the government before long. Uh, yeah. And honestly, on some level, all of us already do, right? <laughs> uh, we work for a government, what, like 30, 40 percent of the year? Depends on how much you make, you know, you do yeah. it wrong. It's like 45%. You do it right. It's like 10%. Um, yeah. You know, that, that's it. That's how you do it. Yeah. No, that's, that's the way. And um, yeah, I, I don't know what, what's I'm trying to think of some of the other stuff uh, related to this deal that we, well, you know, one thing that, that we should talk about is, is also like they're, they're going to unpause student loan payments. So, um, you know, unfortunately for me, Means I'm gonna have to start paying back my student loans. You haven't been paying back your student loan? Like absolutely not. Yeah. Why would I? Why no, would I, I pay back either. my I'm student not, loans? Yeah. No, it's savvy. It's savvy economic side. Like, yeah, like you know, I can I can pay off like, you know, my some of my other loans that I took to like do home improvements that were at like six percent or pay off my student loans that are frozen at zero percent right now. Yeah, of course I'm gonna do that, right? Like, yeah, no, that I don't like I I'm glad you agree because I've I've run into some folks who are like, oh, so you should pay off your loans. Like, why? It's it's basically free at this point. Like, why why would I why would I pay it off unless I had like a bunch of money like to be able to to do it? Uh, right now, it makes more sense to pay off other debt. That's, that's just no, I, I, I read several books when I was younger about how to get get rich. You know, and it's like anytime, anytime you can borrow money at a zero percent interest. And anytime you can keep money at a 0% interest and it's not yours, like you have a liability that's getting charged 0% interest, any single time, any way. And even if that money is lower than the rate of inflation, if you want to be wealthy, you should jump on that. So I, yeah, I commend you, Kevin. Yeah, I would have. You see what I'm doing. Um, a, yeah, I would have absolutely done it. Absolutely. 
Yeah, and uh, I got Joseph in here saying, I've been paying back my student loans either, even though I've worked full-time throughout the process. Yeah, you know, just... Uh, no, it, it's it's that is an economic reality. It's cool that you guys are actually it's cool because a lot of people haven't given it the thought that you guys have and and either paid them back or borrowed more. Like there's there's other issues you can get yourself into. So, yeah. Now, is it good for the long term financial health of the United States? Uh, well, maybe not, but that's, you know. A much bigger problem than me. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. No, this, and honestly, the whole student loan debate is a drop in a, the windstorm compared to what we spend on the Pentagon money and, and yeah. defense and, in general. And entitlements, and, which they won't touch either. And maybe we could talk about that next segment for like a minute. But sure. Yeah, like the, the entitlement stuff. Like, no, no one will touch that. It's all, always like discretionary spending as if like we, we can't like discuss what makes up a massive, massive chunk of the budget. As, as part of like how do we get our financial like house in order um right. and queer throwing out some stuff to make trouble uh if they can print so many dollars why do we pay taxes that was kind of uh, him and i were like use that as a campaign slogan when we're running for state senate it absolutely is reality if they can just just print money to pay for themselves and their largesse why do we even have to pay taxes? Well, why are we even pretending that we're going to pay this? Just, just say like it, it's it's fiat currency. Just say you have it, mm -hmm. and then we have it, right? Like that's, bro. It's fine. It's going to work. A big, huge platinum coin. Wheel it out, and that's look, right. It's worth a trillion dollars, everybody. Congratulations, we have the money. No, that's that's what we have to do. And uh, I was I don't remember where I heard it from. But were were you the one talking about uh, Joe Biden like pulling a coin behind someone's ear, or was I listening to another podcast about that? That must have been somebody else. But you and yeah. I were joking about how the the, the trillion dollar coin should be really big, and I was kind of like, let's you know, right about here, just do just do just do small coin. All right, but but anyway, uh, thanks again for joining us here on a free solution. We're out for the first segment at WISL. We will be back in just a few minutes. Talk to you soon. Yeah, in a bunch today. So we got and, and Tom, I, I'm sorry I don't, I don't recognize you in the. You're just Facebook users. That's all it is, man. I don't know if you're Tom Brian. Sometimes is commenting as Facebook user. And let's say like you just Streamyard uh, has not given you permission to show your face. Streamyard fears you, Tom. That's yeah. the way it is. No, um, I was just thinking we should get back at it because I've got some action-packed stuff we got to get to. And if I start wasting it now, like it's content, Kevin. Pure content. content. There you go with the jokes. All right, we'll go back in uh, 10 seconds. A free solution. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson Joe today, joined by Tim the Freedom Variant O'Connor. I'm still here, Kevin. We were talking about the debt ceiling. We we're going to add some color commentary to it. What do you got? Yeah, no. So, so we're 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 talking about that. We're also talking about like the the entitlement spending side oh, too. So that's like yeah. the Social Security, Medicare stuff, uh, which you know, as a reminder, makes up like a a massive massive chunk of what it is. It's like uh, um, no, now I lost. I accidentally closed out my tab with the number. I think it's like sixty percent of spending though. Um, as I. Uh, and and we never want to touch this stuff like it, it, Republicans as much as Democrats want to uh, say like Republicans are going to cut Social Security Republicans are going to cut Medicare they're going to gut these systems they scare people they never do yeah 
they're not going to do it. They won't. And they, the Republicans keep saying they won't. Trump has, has said he won't. Like, no, no one outside of, like, Rand Paul, even then, maybe. I don't even know if he has. Maybe Ron Paul. Has anyone actually talked about cutting, like, Social Security or Any, like... Yeah, no, anytime debt ceiling arguments come up, the, the the left, the blue team goes right to, they want to cut your Social Security. And it's kind of like, you know, at some point we should make some changes to the Social Security system because everybody gets ripped off their entire life by the Social Security system. And they don't really ever get what they've invested into it. Like you have to, you don't have to be a Paul Pelosi level astute investor to take the money that the government steals from you for social security and invest it yourself and end up with a nest egg. Okay. Like that's a real fact. And the government, like Kevin, guess how much the uh, government owes the social security trust fund? How much? $1.7 trillion. Kevin, guess what the value of the social security trust fund is? Is it, is it less than that? No, it's it's right around the same one point seven trillion dollars. Right oh right, because we we haven't broken it yet. No, just no, soon. but we're close. Just soon, um, <laughs> yeah. Like the mandatory spending, I I, I was pretty close. It's uh, was it four point eight uh, trillion of the total six point eight uh, trillion in federal outlays in last year or yeah twenty twenty one. So. Right. Yeah, it's 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 a good chunk, yeah. and here's the thing again, the yeah it, it, we got this one from uh, this guy on YouTube who's a real Mav one who says why would you cut my income that we live on right and that's that's how a lot of people feel about it and it's understandable right like that's you right. Know, it's it, I I'm sympathetic to what he's saying yeah because like you're, you're you're paying into the system and you're like hey I should I should get this back because that's how Democrats and Republicans have framed it. that's how politicians have framed this like it's an entitlement program you're entitled to this money because you paid into this right. and therefore you should get some of that back and you know I'm not I'm not begrudging you like or or trying to misunderstand that you may rely on that money to live right what i'm saying is that it's going to go broke it is a ponzi scheme and the way we structure it now we will end up with not having money for that system like right. it is uns- it is going to break like right. the full stop like it's going to break it is not sustainable as it is structured now so there's a couple things that we could do to fix the problem and the sooner we fix it the less bad it's going to be but instead of taking those mature steps in in addressing the problem because we knew about it 40 years ago we keep pushing it on, pushing it on, pushing it on. Right. Now, back in the 1990s, saying that the Social Security trust fund is going to be broken in the you know 2030s sounds far away. Now it's not. It's here. It's only a few years away. Yeah. The the issue where where I have to agree with Real Mav on is that this is a situation where they they've already been stolen from. Right. Their tax money from from not just their paycheck, but the employer on top offering another seven and a half percent. of their income has been paid to the federal government under the promise of a a thousand or $2,000 a month. Once you retire now, it say you live for 30 years, you, we could do the math and I've done the math and we've seen studies on it. If you were to save that money, set it aside for yourself. Like we, we have to make, we do have to have mature conversations about how we change this system uh, without hurting people who, are entitled to what they paid into like that that's yeah. the reality that's what it is again i i had 
you know, family members who that's that's what they do. They they rely on this as a key part of their income. And without it, they would be in trouble, right? So like, you can't just say, like, we're going to cut it off. Like, we're right. just going to end the system. And I don't think anyone, like, on the <coughs> on the side of reform is saying that, like, at all. No, I mean, maybe, maybe a few. Like, there's a few, like, diehard anarchists who are like, ah, just bring down the system. But that's not most people. They're saying, okay, how do we restructure this in a way that's going to work. allow people who depend on it to keep being able to get an income because they were promised this and now they're dependent on it? Well either shifting away from the system or at least making it so that it's not so reliant on, we need young people to work for this long. Yeah, and, it's, it's, and, you know, like ultimately like the system was built with their retirement age at 65 with the expectation that people would only live a few years after that, that is no longer the case. Right. There is. And then even what they're, they're already any adjustments that they've made, have been decimated by the level of inflation inflation over the last few years. There's a very real issue that Social Security recipients are facing. We, I, whatever plan we come up with, you know, and again, I could come up with a plan that's better that would would protect what we've got going on for people like Real Mav and Alice and you know my mom mm-hmm. on some level. Like for Brian, like we could come up with a plan that guarantees a better future for young people and fixes this current situation. We've right. got to do it or it's going to break and your dollar, the dollar's going to be worth nothing. We may we may spiral into a Venezuela style kind of socialist yeah. existence. Yeah, and uh, so, since we're on the subject like super high level like instead of just being like ah we we should fix this problem, we'll we'll throw out a couple solutions, right? Uh I'll I'll, I'll start with one, which is that like you could just say it is uh wealth-based, right? Like you could just say like you only get this funding unless you make over a certain amount, right? Right. That's part of it. Now, because that that what what ends up happening is a lot of times older people tend to be wealthier. That you have worked your entire life, you have saved in other ways, you have made it so that like there are many many people who are of retirement age who do not need social security to supplement their yeah. income and to survive, but they get it anyway. And the reason it was designed that way is because the designers of the program and and people still feel that way is that if you switched it to a means based uh, a means tested uh program that it would be likely to be cut that people would be like ah forget about the poor you know like we don't need it anyway who cares and they thought by making it for absolutely everyone that that's how the program survives in the perpetuity but that political politically savvy design and i think it is a politically savvy design is part of the seeds of its own destruction in that you could fix some of the problem at least for many many years too by means testing it a little bit more just saying like more rigorous means testing would go a long way to solving the current problem now i had read a study or an article about that and i'm not sure if it's important for the radio show but i want to talk about it one of the ways that they can maintain it as a tax and not as a retirement plan where they would be also judged by their ability to provide some sort of return is that if they pay it back to everyone it is still a service that they provide everyone. Even though they means test Medicare um, and Medicaid, they they are afraid to, to means test Social Security because then the argument would be that it actually belongs to individuals. And so then those people wouldn't even have to pay in. I don't know. It was right. very, it was. Yeah, no, well, that, that's part of it, right? Is because like the idea, like even though it doesn't actually work this way, the idea is you pay in and then you like, you can see it on this, like you know uh, through the Social Security Administration. How much should I be getting because I paid in this much? And now people feel like 
understandably so because you've been paying in for a while. Well, I paid in and should be getting this much. I am owed that money. How can you take away my money? Mm-hmm. But I, I hate to break this to you guys. It was never your money. It, it never it never really was. That was always a fiction. The government at any time they took your money with like the vague promise that they're going to give it back eventually. Yeah, sorry. Like that's I do not expect the government to fulfill their promises because ultimately they're going to have to break them. And, and and same thing with like we could see the same thing like pension structures too. Like I don't I don't trust those for the much right. the same reason is that like you see this with pension programs at state and county levels is that eventually when you don't have enough coming in, the the promise of being able to pay a pension for life at a a fixed rate does not work. If you slow down at all on the number of people contributing to the program and it's collapsed and they've had to restructure it. And that's why having it. So you actually own your own funds would be a lot better. And like the not exactly libertarian solution, but perhaps a somewhat better solution would be to say like you are required to pay a certain amount into like a 401k or something. Right. Right. Like right. that's, that's the other, it's like you, you have mandatory retirement savings. You actually completely own these retirement savings and treat it as if it were a 401k, but you were required to save for that. Right. And you could borrow from it for your house. As long as you made the agreement to pay it back, you could do things with your money. You could borrow for your kid could borrow from it with your permission for anything that you want. Then, then it's yours, right? Then you can keep your hands on this. So that's, that's where we get this, this issue. We, we don't want to hurt people that have been flim flammed by the government. Right. Let's talk about another flim flam, Kevin, to just change the subject on a, like a hard change where we like spin the record and shriek the needle right across the whole thing. To add that sound effects to my list. Yeah. The new, the New York state licensing of marijuana has finally, Kevin, finally, Local dispensaries are going to be getting their licenses. Uh, Finger yeah. Lakes region, not Finger Lakes. Not so the Rochester area, not so yeah. New York. Ro- Rochester, we might get some legal dispensaries. Yeah. In addition to all the illegal ones. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they're still there. They're trying to shake them down. They're trying to shut them down. But so whatever. They're they're operating outside of the specific licensing requirement. So so guys, basically, what happened? Right. This whole thing looks like your typical government like flim flam first of all the whole licensing thing um was this virtuous signal of let's make sure that people who have been affected by our bad marijuana laws for decades get a fair opportunity to be the first licensees and so as a libertarian i'm like well licenses are crazy and silly but this at least sounds somewhat virtuous okay so that's great but so an out-of-state and this is what happens with licenses all the time and you hear libertarians complain and people don't it doesn't catch fire with people right shrewd lawyers and legal firms and people with money see licenses as an opportunity to rob the government so new york state writes this law that's completely unconstitutional to grant licenses to people who have been affected by poor marijuana legislation throughout the years a a company in michigan who who ostensibly sells marijuana sues new york state on an interstate commerce clause violation saying that what they have done is unconstitutional a judge probably getting paid off grants an automatic injunction to this company in michigan right. saying these licenses can't be granted because it looks on its face 
to be unconstitutional. But guess what, guys? Right. And 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 just say the fundamental issue was that uh, the Michigan company was saying that New York was treating New York residents preferentially, New York residents and companies preferentially over everyone else. And that was discriminatory. So that's why New York State could not say that, like, it would give preference to people living in New York State. And, and why the injunction happened and we couldn't get legal weed, despite the fact that I keep seeing stupid advertisements saying to buy legal. Uh, people drive are, me nuts. Know. Guys, I can't. I can't buy legal. There's nowhere to buy legal in New York. <laughs> it's too expensive anyway. This cheap why are you spending to do? ads on it? <laughs> Makes me mad. The, the comment section is full of that, too. Just like, yeah. bro, I can't. <laughs> Let uh, let uh, dispensaries open. Make the licensing process easier. <laughs> yeah. So, guys, that just the good news is is that New York State's licensing board voted to pay off the Michigan company that was suing them with the promise of licenses in the future when the second round of licensing goes out and and undisclosed amount of cash, which I am completely making up at this moment, but I have my suspicions. <laughs> Probably oftentimes settlements aren't uh, public, so uh, we'll, we'll see if the uh, details of that settlement ever come out. But, I mean, the good news is, is well, New York can start issuing licenses to their friends. Um, <laughs> They're well-connected friends who have made the appropriate donations and are legally connected to big money. It's good news, guys. It's good news. Yeah, so, I mean... Hopefully, <laughs> I want to be optimistic. Hopefully, you know, they the license process ends up over the course of 10 years and after a whole bunch of unnecessary cost and struggle being fair and, and, and actually equitable and easy. Uh, and people can go in good faith to go and get the license and start a business and do their thing, right? Sure. Probably sure. not, though. Probably not. No, well, the $150 million fund that they hired uh, former NBA star and relative short guy, Chris Weber, who is about five foot nine and was, in fact, an NBA star. Um, and his partner, I think it's Jason Wild, um, have pledged to come up with a $150 million fund. But as of December 1st, they had about roughly as near as anyone can tell zero dollars in the farm all right well wow. uh tim they got a, a ways to go but unfortunately we don't uh we are heading to a break thanks again for joining us here on a free solution we're out for this segment of wysl got one more left thanks for listening we'll be back in just a few minutes talk to you soon So we we got to talk buy, about the buy low quality. Yeah, we've got the we got to talk about the property thing. That yeah, the we're gonna licensing talk about thing is such a quagmire. We could do ten shows on it, man. Yeah, we could support your local dealer. Might That's as right. well, you know. I mean, in Rochester, yeah, basically would have to, right? Like you just there's not not exactly legal places to buy. You're either buying from an unlicensed store or you're buying from a. Uh, an entrepreneur who's part of a, a pyramid scheme of 
drug dealers <laughs> like or, or maybe a home grower who knows yeah. uh, you know like there there are solo entrepreneurs out there i'm just saying know, everybody can grow world. like six plants at their house i could be the guy that kind of organizes that up grow six plants i'll come by and buy it from you and then you know it's a business uh market. illegal yeah well it, illegal it's tax evasion which is way worse than selling marijuana so just that's so right they'll, that's what they'll get you do not take the government's money <laughs> do not <laughs> Wait a minute. Um, Wait a second. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Brian made this point too. Uh, Brian on Facebook said, if we uh, put all the money we paid in SSI, um, we'd be oh wealthy now. So I assume you mean like put it into like, uh, you know, like a 401k. Yeah. That would be part of it because again, uh, Tim, you made that point well is that 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 money grows at a much slower rate. You're getting much less return on that than you would out on the market. And the government is taking that from you. And promising to give it back to you maybe decades later. Maybe. Uh, at maybe. And again, I, I do not trust that they will do that. Um, yeah. And there's there's an attrition going on too, right? Like not everybody makes it to retirement age. So yeah, it would well, be that's, nice that's to have part of it. I mean, it's, that you could pass along to your kids if you don't make it to retirement age. Like, come on. Yeah. Well, like the, the, the old system kind of relied on that, that a lot of people would die relatively younger. And then their money would go into the system and be able to, to keep it going for a little bit longer, right? Yeah. Uh, but people are living longer. People are being healthier. Um, it That doesn't work as, as much anymore. Um, Shame so, on you, you, Ameri- yeah, right, you healthy yeah. Americans, even though you're all obese and eat too much sugar and drink. Yeah, I, th- I think up. having a, a system that completely relies on either A, older people dying at like relatively young ages or be like people needing to have many, many babies in order to have them fund like old people living to their hundreds. Like it's, it's not going to work. Like we can't do this forever in any blip in either of those circumstances, either people continuing to live longer or a blip in population, which we talked about um, a couple weeks ago. If there's, there's a decline in birth rates or you, and you don't have people coming here, suddenly, like, you don't have the bottom of the Ponzi scheme anymore. Yeah. You're missing the work. Base. The base is the very most important part of the Ponzi scheme, guys. If you don't you get the base, it's going to topple. Yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a mess. That's what, that's what Europe's looking at right now and Japan because they're like, oh, we're getting older and older and people are having fewer children. It's getting a bit top heavy. <laughs> and their welfare states rely on... Uh, particularly Europe, rely on both U.S. subsidies and young people subsidizing, uh, you know, welfare programs, essentially. Uh, so, yeah. all right. So we, we should get back to the actual show in a minute. We're, we're going to talk about a Supreme Court case yeah. uh, that has to do with property rights. A unanimous Supreme Court case. Unanimous decision. It's a wonderful thing. I hope it opens up the floodgates for people being able to retroactively go back and claim money from their local petty tyrants. And it amounts to millions of dollars. Yeah. All right. So we're going to head back in five, four, three, two. A free solution. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson today, joined by Tim, the Freedom Baron O'Connor. I'm here, Kevin, and we actually have some amazing, fantastic news that landed on our laps from the Supreme Court since our last show. Um, and, and guys, as you know, if you followed any of the work that I've done and any of the work that Kevin's done and 
we've had many, many conversations and Rich Bertel, uh, Tom Queter, my friend, Robert Force, who is a victim of this, um, local counties, local taxing authorities could seize people's properties, sell their property at a, a tax auction and keep the proceeds in excess of what was owed to the county for, for failure to pay taxes. Um, a, a 94 guys, a nine, they made guys, and this, this part drives me nuts. Okay. But they made a 94 year old woman named Geraldine Tyler. I mean, she probably was 83 at the time. This whole thing started, had to sue Hennepin County, Minnesota for violating the taking clause of the fifth amendment. Um, the county sees Miss Tyler's condominium unit for failure to pay property taxes for five years. Fine. I get it. That's real. Okay. People, especially older folks, guys on fixed incomes get hit with insurance, the dollar being devalued. They can't keep up with their property taxes. So they sell her um, property for $40,000. She owed only $15,000. Um, she, they kept the extra $25,000. And I've heard some of the most specious arguments on, on behalf of the government that I can't even believe people said, I I'm not even going to like do them the honor of repeating them. It was absurd and disgusting to hear such things come out of people's mouths. Okay. The people that made their lives in these districts that pay property taxes for decades, that work jobs in these areas for decades, had their homes stolen and the, the petty tyrants on the local tax authority kept thousands of dollars from them. That was obviously theirs. So anyways, the Supreme Court heard a case and came back with excess proceeds theft is a violation of the Fifth Amendment. And it may in fact be a violation of the Eighth Amendment as well. And what I'm hoping is that, honestly, I hope that Osego County gets bankrupted by it, right? Because they <laughs> did this under the faulty premise because... They went after a guy that wasn't even five years behind in taxes, right? He wasn't even three years behind. He was two years behind. They took his property because he was a proponent of natural gas. That's a reality. They took it for political reasons because they saw an opportunity that he was behind in his taxes. They sold it for far in excess of what he owed them in taxes. They even had his money on the day of the tax sale. And so anyways, I hope that he gets his justice. I'm glad that Mrs. Tyler got her justice. And I'm ecstatic about this. Can you feel my my joy, Kevin? <laughs> yes, yes, I can. And, and you're right to be joyful because this this is a great win for property rights. And you know, if in like, and I think that that's what what most people think, what most people assume ought to happen in these situations. Okay, if you're if you the government has decided to take your home, and 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 libertarians get like all sorts of bristly at this. Take your home because of back taxes, because you didn't pay your rent to the government. The yeah. least they can do is say we're only going to take the thing that we owe, right? And you know that like I've talked about this before. There's there's a guy in my neighborhood who decided that instead of because he was afraid the government was just going to take everything he had, he decided to blow up his house out of spite. Like it was a thing that happened. To, What's that? And they would have. They would have taken his house. So Yeah, they, they would have taken his house. And, you know, there's there are rules in this county where the, the government is only supposed to take the amount of the taxes owed and then give the proceeds back to uh, the former owner. But, like, there's so many people where – there's so many counties where that's not the case, including this one, uh, this county out in, um, in Minnesota, right? 
Right. And Minnesota. yeah, Hennepin County, Minnesota. And and yeah, the trying to to take like the remaining property of this this elderly woman. Like who who on earth, what sort of cold hearted ghoul thinks that that is the right thing to do? And I know, Tim, I know there are people defending this argument because I saw the the tweet threads from the lawyer talking about this, and I'm like, bro, wow. Like I know you've got it. Like you're a lawyer, you've got to make your case. I get it, but come on, man, you don't need to put it on Twitter. Like, well, you, people, you don't need to. Right. It's like you're proud of it. Love the government that much that they would defend this abhorrent practice. And so, look, the development in New York is relatively recent where there was a law, I believe it passed last year, where you have to make the homeowner aware that there is excess proceeds and that they can challenge they can for that it. money. It's yes. not an automatic. It's not automatic. Thing. Yes. It's not that, automatic. That's an important thing. Right. And Otsego County just doesn't even have a law that says we'll give you any of that money back. So you can't, at least up until this law was written, maybe now you can, challenge for excess proceeds. They used it to balance the budget. They they did do, to be fair to Otsego County, they had done a horrible job of foreclosing on properties that were vacant, that people had abandoned. They did a horrible job of it. They stepped up their enforcement of it. And then they just swept in a whole bunch of other people and just took their properties, man. It was just like... They were like facing some sort of budget deficit and they used this excess proceeds thing to close their budget. Well, well, when you have the monopoly on the use of force, you can just take things when, when things get tough. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's the privilege of being part of a state. Um, the, and, and I want to get this, this uh, comment from, I suspect Tom uh, on Facebook. Let's recognize that when something makes it to the Supreme court, many thousands presented. And, and yeah, so like this is, this, this is not the only woman. Uh, Miss Tyler is not the only woman who is um, involved in this. It, there, there are many, many people who have faced similar situations who didn't make it all the way to Supreme Court and just, you know, they lost everything, right? And mm-hmm. because they get behind and stuff. And again, like sometimes, like it's you, you get in bad medical situation. Get I, I, I had this happen to relatives who, like, it, it took them a while to, to dig out just because they're hospitalized for a while and or they thought a relative was paying the taxes on their behalf or whatever it was, right? Like, suddenly, like, they're like, hey, how do I owe $10,000? I don't, I can't put that together in the, the, the county or the city or whatever saying, like, I need to pay them right now or they're going to take my house. They're terrified. And so they either, like, hunker down and, you know, try to, like, fight it or they sell it quickly to someone who might be taking advantage of them and getting far less than what uh, their the home is worth because the government is shaking them down for money. Yeah. Um, that's, it, it's been a disaster here. I'm glad that we've got some resolution. Um, I do want to point out that you would, I don't think we talked about it on the actual show portion, but um, Katenji Brown and Neil Gorsuch to maybe Katenji can, uh, they they end up ruling on certain things where the government takes too much power and they rule on the side of the individual. And so in it, yeah, no, they, they, they ruled on, uh, are we going to talk about the, uh, the eighth amendment thing? Uh, I was actually moving on to a different case where they, they came the, um, Bittner versus the United States. And I believe it was basically, um, I didn't quite understand the entire part of the case, but, and I don't mean to just drop it on everybody, but, um, it, it kind of saw one of the strangest alignments of Supreme Court uh, people where Ketenji Brown and Neil Gorsuch and 
let me see. Amy Coney Barrett was on the opposing dissent. It, it was just very interesting. So Katenji had taken some kind of abuse when she was uh, originally nominated. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the, no, the, for sure, uh, she uh, was not well liked by conservatives and I think conservatarians. Um, and, and it might just be a, to, to me, I kind of see it as like a red team, blue team thing. Like people weren't really thinking about her legal positions for the most part, her ideologies. Like, I, I don't think it goes that deep with most people who are talking about it. Right. And then the one quote that, that went around, we talked about before the show was, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the, what is a woman thing, like, which uh, to me was kind of blown out of proportion. Well, it was, it was actually, she was stating a, a principle of law, right? Like, right, yeah. I can't rule on a case that's not before me. I can't rule on what is a woman until I have the facts being presented in the case before me. And that already has to have been argued out in other jurisdictions over other issues. And there has to be a legal question that I have to answer. And it was actually, that's what she said. That's how she answered Ted Cruz. And yeah, it which was is a legitimately good answer. Yeah, it's a good answer. And, and and honestly, if you've ever like had a conversation with a judge uh, or, or someone running for a judge uh, position, because I've done this at the county level, they, they're going to answer questions like that, right? Like they don't do the political gotchas. They're not going to answer your ideological questions. They're going to try to answer them in a legal way because that is what they're supposed to do, right? Like, and right. if they answered it in a different way, then that would in in some ways be more alarming, right? Like they'd be like, oh, like they're they're going to be an ideologue on the court rather than going back to what constitutional law says. And so saying like, I'm going to look at the facts of what is presented to me and then make a decision from there is what judges are expected and, and perhaps supposed to say. Correct. And so I, I have hope that there's a, a bit of a, a an anti-authoritarian streak in her, but we'll see how, how time plays out because for some reason the, the Supreme Court is still politicized responding to cultural issues when they should just be constructionist like Gorsuch and constructionist in the sense that individual rights trump government and uh you know that that's where they came down on the Bittner thing I I do have a a question for you Kevin okay go ahead apparently I'm gonna ask you if this is real news or fake news but over the weekend a beloved Mother Swan was killed and eaten in Syracuse, New York. Is that real news, or is that someone eat a swan? A beloved, a beloved, not just any swan, not just like some jerk swan. No, like not any beloved swan. A beloved. Uh, you know, I I have not heard of this. I, I'm going to declare it fake news because okay. I don't know about it. It's, it's it's actually Kevin. This is an unfortunate story, and it's it's absolutely um, in Manlius up near Syracuse. Faye, the mama swan, was taken from a Manlius pond and served up as barbecue. Uh, three young men in the village of Manlius uh, decided to take the swan and have a barbecue it's absolutely horrific story and i i mean i wish that it was fake news but unfortunately it's not they they have copies the shouldn't do that in this case 
Yeah, now that uh, that doesn't sound great to eat. Doesn't sound very nice to do. As much as I sort of dislike and fear swans, whenever I'm kayaking, if I ever have to paddle through a swan gauntlet, I'm not sure if I'm, I'm going to make it. Right. Um, because swans are mean. I, I did but, Google search how swans taste, and um, <laughs> I, I t- it's just things that run through my mind before the show. Apparently, they have a very fishy, oily kind of taste. And that it can be mitigated somewhat if they are fed oats, a steady diet of oats, and then perhaps they are somewhat delicious. But and then not old swans. And Tim's oh. like, I'm going to get some swans and feed them oats. Old and it, they won't be beloved swans. They will be swans that I'm just going to eat. They'll be food swans. Food swans. Then it's yeah. fine. Um, so, hey, uh, real news or fake news, Donald Trump is praising Andrew Cuomo's COVID response. Oh, wow. How much time we got? Because I, I read something else that I want to throw out there about Andrew Cuomo. Uh, got... We we got like two minutes. Okay. We've got the goods on Andrew Cuomo, everybody. We've got the goods on him. Okay. He literally started writing his book the day of like the emergency COVID response lockdown. Like his staffers started chasing down information and data like like. The day that the week after the COVID lockdown started here in New York State. So is Donald Trump praising Andrew Cuomo? My God, in clown world, I've got to say that's real news. It's got to be real it news, is, Kevin. It, I, it, it is real news. Oh, my God. No, it's not. I don't want yeah, to. No, it is. Well, because he, he wanted to say that New York did better than Florida in the COVID response because he he's running Ron against Ron DeSantis. Oh, my God. That's it. That's, that's the whole thing. Like, it's. There's no other thought to it. Like Ron DeSantis, he's like, that's my opponent. I'm going to go after him. Even New York did better. That's I look, there's so many things that for me to argue with Ron DeSantis about. There's so many things that I, what I really want to condemn though, Kevin, is this constant nonstop freaking clown world clownisms that keep coming out all over the place. This petty bickering, this absolute nonsense that, I don't even know what to say now, other than I don't I don't know if it's real that Cuomo like praised him back. I, I saw like a, a screen cap of that. I don't know if that's real. Oh I couldn't God. confirm it. I tried looking for it. If it is real, we'll talk about it next week because yeah, we're out of time. Is clutching her pearls, man. No, no. It's going to have it's going to have to be for the bonus show. Bonus show. Bonus All right, thanks again for joining us here on WYSL for a free station. If you're listening online, you can continue listening. We're going to keep going for a few more minutes anyway. Thanks again for joining us. Have a wonderful night, folks. Take care. All right. Sorry All right. about that Kentenji Brown thing. I had I had the details fresher in my mind, and then when I got squirrely and upset about talking about the uh, Supreme Court, the Supreme Court decision. I kind of lost them. And so then when I went back to find where my mental spot was, I, I it was gone. It was just gone. I had a basic understanding of why they ruled together. And it had to do with the, the leniency clause or leniency clause. And it was really cool because some bank or some government agency had imposed these ridiculous fines for some sort of accounts and blah, blah, blah. So I lost track of it. And I apologize for that. Man, I dropped the ball there. We didn't get quite the dead air, but I could tell you were like, I, I literally don't. He needs to say more. And I'm like, I, I don't have anything else. <laughs> <It's gone. laughs> That's all right. Ladies and gentlemen, you're, you're getting a look inside the mind 
of Tim O'Connor. Of the impulsive broadcast journalist and freedom variant Tim O'Connor, because I will skip all over the place. Um, yeah. yeah, so this AOC. Oh, what, what are you saying about <laughs> AOC? AOC, bro, she's p- clutching at her pearls, man. There's there's parody accounts have been big on Twitter lately. We, we all have we have a libertarian cohort that does a lot of really good uh, parody accounts and, and occasionally catches somebody and makes the news, you know. But yeah. so there's a couple even tighter, like one that specifically parodies AOC. And um, so... AOC is like clutching her pearls about it. How it went down is um, something along the lines of she made some sort of comment and then Elon Musk uh, interacted with the fake account. And so now, oh, the AOC uh, press release account is a parody account of AOC. Uh, With a blue check. Yeah, and it has a blue check. And it even has in its name, you know, parody. Like you've got to kind of, Click on the name to see the word parody, but it's right there in her name. And uh, they originally posted something like, this might be the wine talking, but I've got a crush on Elon Musk. And of course, Elon Musk posted back some sort of like fire meme. And so now AOC's like, and her crew squad, people that stand up for her are, are like clutching at their pearls, just saying disinformation. And now AOC came up with a lengthy tweet explaining how Elon Musk has enhanced and um driven traffic to her parody account and she and her team are going to decide what to do (laughs) right well you know i know it's like it's a little bit weird right (laughs) like it is totally weird i love it though. yeah like the the people who make all the stuff like oh aoc is in love with you like it's it's been like a thing for a while like Mm -hmm. I, i don't quite get it but also their parody accounts out there is clearly labeled a parody account uh, people are just being jerks on the internet, which is not illegal and no right. longer against platform rules. So right. you know, you can you can so be a jerk the on the internet. Before, man. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I saw your your uh, retweeting account that that may or may not be real from uh, Liz Cheney. Um, <laughs> it looked real says, to me. <laughs> uh, as is Cheney family tradition, I would like to invite anyone who disagrees with me on a hunting trip. Honestly, I mean, cuts, if you think man. about it, it seems legit. <laughs> It felt right. Felt right. It, so it felt had, right. had some truthiness to it. It's, it's yeah. all good. I mean, you can get shot in the face um, by accident, of course. And they they do, guys. If if Cheney shoots you, they provide first aid immediately. They don't want you dying. They just want to know where your limits are. That's courteous. It's it's about sending a message, right? Yeah, it's just about saying, "Hey, you know who's not going to get in trouble for this? Me." Uh, but Twitter has, has gotten funnier. It's like a little bit raunchier. Um, I it, People that... Basically what happens now is now everybody wants to comment on this thing. And there's the the, the moderate leftists that, that want to reach out and say, hey, this seems kind of unfair, but I get it. It's supposed to be funny. The Krasenstein brothers. I don't know if you know who they are, but... Do I even know what that is? They're just two guys that write lengthy tweets and everybody seems to either like them or dislike them. And and what they do do, which is pretty cool, is they interact regularly with people that comment in their comment section. And they have, you know, like a million followers each. And they're like, uh, they want to pretend like they're moderates, but on the blue team. But what they really are is like just on the blue team. And that's cool. I get it. Um, And they are nicer than most 
other people. They're nicer than AOC, you know. And didn't AOC start this nonsense with saying she just thought Elon wanted to date her back in, like, when they had their first spat? I think AOC started this whole thing. Dude, I don't even know. You I don't, don't know. Care. You're way I do, I do not care. Listen, Tim, there's a, there's a chance that you may need to touch grass, buddy. <laughs> Me? I was You're, at the beach, bro. I was walking. You sell online. I know. Yeah, you had, like, how yeah. are you engaged in this Twitter drama? I, I could see your Facebook post. It looked like you're having a great time there, on vacation. There ain't nobody more, um, would it would it be de-electrified than me right now. But Clown World is, is, in fact, Clown World. And there's not a lot I can do about fixing Clown World other than doing my own version of mocking it. That's it. No, That's all I, I mean, and, and, and listen, I, I throw out that criticism also – Knowing that I myself am too online, like I, I started talking to my wife about like this one thing that was filling up my Twitter feed. It was the the spat over the bike in New York City. Did you did this one come across your feed? I don't think so. They're they're just two random people um, who had fought over a bike in New York City. One one yes. was a okay, so you saw this. It was it was a nurse who was trying to rent like a city bike, um, and then like uh, there's a couple like. Uh, teenagers who were black who were like, nope, that's our bike. And then they started filming the nurse and her started crying. It turned into a, a whole stupid political battle. Oh my right? God. It was like, awful. like just, it, and, and like it's going back, it's filling up my feed. And like, and like a few days later, I talked to my own, like, man, is this blowing up your feed too? She's like, I've literally never heard of this thing before in my life. She's so right. Lucky. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's your version of Instagram sounds nice. Like you, yeah. Don't don't come to Twitter. Like it's don't it's it's an awful Twitter. place, you know, because it, it it turned into a whole thing where like the left side were like, look at this white woman's tears. She's trying to like you know endanger like these these young black men, and then the right wing turned into like, look at these thugs. Guys, oh. it was a misunderstanding. If it if there wasn't a video of it and no one saw it, like it would have just been like three people had kind of a bad interaction and then moved on with their lives, and that would have been it. it. And now she's like. Maybe gonna lose she, her job. She might lose her job. The 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 families are getting like threatened too of the 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 uh, young yeah. men, right? Like, and they're they're kind of being jerks. And they she was, yeah, like it. it, it but they're too. they're also teenagers, right? Like they're in their mind. Like the whole thing that happened was like they were using the uh, the the electric bikes. They ran out of time for like their free version of the bikes, parked it, and then were going to take it uh, after a few minutes to ride some more. So they could keep getting like the, the free and low cost version of the bikes. And then she, this nurse is coming out of her 12 hour shift, you know, whatever, like five months pregnant being like, no, that bike's docked. I'm going to take that bike. Right. You know, and, and as an adult, you'd be like, oh, of course, I'm going to give up my bike to this pregnant woman. I will figure something out. But these teenagers are like, no, we had this plan to ride these bikes. So we're going to do that. Right. 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 They're being dumb teenagers. And like in their minds, they're like the social rules that they've always operated with are like. Uh no, like you that's just what you do. You dock the bike after a few minutes and then like keep going because like that's how you get cheap rides. And this woman's right. like, I just want to get home and I I paid rent. I paid for this bike. Yeah, I'm going to take this bike. Boy, it was it's funny because that was like the perfect example of like I literally hated her guts at first, right? Like I'm like, yeah. I can't stand the overreacting, you know. Help me, I'm a victim just because there's a couple kids like being nasty to me. And then I find out she actually paid for the bike and it was actually docked. And I'm like, all right, I have to hate her less. And then I realized, because I I didn't realize what you were, but then I had to realize like we do get caught up in this this this. Everyone projected their own political thoughts onto this, right? Oh my god! Everyone everyone put it in their own framework of like either like 
you know, the, the Black Lives Matter framework or like the, the 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 thug and crime framework, right? Like everyone plugged it in there when this was just a a mildly unpleasant reaction, yeah, like interaction that like ended up beginning resolved peacefully. And now because the internet caught wind of it, it may ruin all three of their lives. Yeah. It was like the Daniel Perry thing, okay? Like, guys, I know that there's a possibility that this may evoke strong emotions from you, okay? I understand. But also, I don't condone the strong emotions over the Daniel Perry thing. Like, I I did not like what the left did that I reviled it, right? But I also can't just blanket say that nothing wrong was done. I just can't say that. Like, I want there to be an investigation. I want there to be a discussion. I want there to be a reality. And I want the reality, the recognition to be that the government fails all the time. And that this may in fact be a one more government failure. Daniel Perry failing to be served. Uh, not Daniel Perry, that Jordan um, Healy failing to be served by the government who then perhaps created a hazard. I don't know that for a fact. But the, the auto reactions from the left and the right are what's making clown world more powerful. That's a reality. And, and do you want to give some context for that? Like, because it's a, you're oh, talking about Daniel Perry. Happened, right? uh, yeah, like you're, you're just going out like Daniel uh, Perry, the one who would kill the Garrett Foster at the, the rally in Texas, that one, and then was. Is that, uh, did I get the name wrong? I was thinking of the guy that. Um, my bad, Kevin. I, I was thinking of the guy that uh, got into an altercation on the New York subway with Jordan Neely, um, who was then portrayed as a hero. It was a, a yeah. A, oh yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah, the military guy that put him in a chokehold. Which guys, chokeholds are dangerous. That's a reality. Um, so wh- who did I? I thought his name was Daniel Perry. Let me see Matthew Perry. Maybe let me see if I can find his name. Yeah. Oh, I. No, oh, it might be Daniel Perry too. It could be. Uh, they, it, were there two people in the news recently named Daniel Perry? Let's just see. Um, yeah, I think his name is Daniel Perry. Oh, okay, Penny. yeah. Was, Daniel Penny. Sorry. Daniel yeah, Penny. I was closer. Okay. Actually, I was closer than I thought once you started talking about that guy in Texas. Yeah, because um, that, that, that was also a thing that, that happened recently, too. And, and you yeah. know, but Patricia's also talked about this other incident, too, like where I think also kind of got a bit out of proportion as the central park bird watcher uh that had an encounter with a karen got a national geographic show who knows what he, he saw who lead. he did yeah he has his own national geographic show but like the story's like sort of complicated and if uh if you follow um i, I listen to this guy on, on the fifth column podcast all the time camille foster he he did a whole thing he did he interviewed this woman too and like kind of got her side of the story with where like it seems like that guy was also kind of being a jerk right like kind of being a jerk kind of being confrontational Sure. It should have been like a weird, like little, like misunderstanding interaction where you're just like, man, you know who I met today? The biggest jerk. Right. Like, yeah. that's it. Like, those are unfortunately, those interactions happen like, you know, on a somewhat regular basis to people. And most of those, thank goodness, do not turn into national news stories where they're trying to project their ideology onto you and dig into your life and upturn everything you know. Yeah. I did hate that lady, though, the, with the bird watching guy. Like, I didn't like her reaction at all. No, her no- reaction wasn't great, but yeah. also like probably didn't deserve to have her life destroyed either. Eh, yeah, that's fair. Like she she was being imperfect in a moment, you know. And, like True. again, in in like an aggressive confrontational situation, which like he kind of was being somewhat aggressive in that situation because he was trying to like she she felt weird. Like, hey, why is this stranger feeding my dog and like talking aggressively at me? She 
probably overreacted, but should that overreaction lead to like what she had to endure? I no, that kind of sucks. That both of these situations that we're talking about right now, the Daniel Penny, Jordan Neely thing, and the Central Park bird watching happened in New York City. If you want to avoid some of these style confrontations, perhaps there's a simpler solution. Just don't interact with people. No, <laughs> leave New York, go to New York City. Get out of there. Yeah, avoid New York City. Oh, yeah. There's too many people. They're crawling. Like, you got one park. Get out of there. Just, just go someplace where you can watch birds and you don't. No, have they, they have many parks. They have many parks. They have more than Central Park. Yeah, one big park. Give this. I, I, you know, I'll, I'll say this. Like, so, like, I have a friend who lives out in Washington Heights. They have a beautiful park around the area called the Cloisters up there by the, the, uh, whatever the Washington bridge up that way. Yeah. Uh, huge, incredible park, really beautiful area. I've gone there in the springtime, just full of flowers. And the cloisters also is very cool. It's uh, if you haven't been there, they got a whole bunch of like medieval art and armor yeah. in that building. That's if you're in New York in that area, check it out. Also, you, you, if you don't have a lot of money, uh, they, it's basically a suggested donation to get in. So if you oh, want to cool. pay a dollar, then do that. If you want to support them and pay 20 bucks, do that. Um, it's my, my PSA for what is kind of a cool museum in Washington Heights. <laughs> yeah, it's not actually. So look, I get there's some cultural advantages to living in a city, but from from what I see with with the the increasing authoritarianism, the the inability to you know deal with people and and giving people their inherent God given rights that they were born with, which I don't even like calling them God given rights, but people have the right to defend themselves. They have taken that, that like all of these things add up to a place that I don't want to be. Yeah. And, and and let me be clear. I I don't want to live in New York. It is uh, fine. Fine to visit occasionally. (laughs) I don't want to live there. I I know New Yorkers hate that. We're like, when, when outsiders say like, Oh, it's nice to visit, but wouldn't want to live there. But listen, the political situation stinks, and also you pile gar- you piled your garbage on the corners of streets. Ugh. It's it's barbaric, it guys. Is. Like it just it just get it together, man. Just like, get your yeah, or leave. Just leave. Simple. Yeah. The the garbage thing drives me nuts. Why? Why? Like it it stinks. Put all your garbage on the corner. Why would you do that? We have ways of dealing with this, New York. You're a civilized oh. city, for God's sakes. Are they though? Are they? I don't know. Um, yeah, no, I, like I said, when I was younger, I used to go for that adventure every once in a while. Uh, I went to the Christmas show. I did, you know, went to a Rockhead show. My, uh, I had a friend that lived in, in, uh, Manhattan when he was starting his law career. And, uh, so I went down and stayed with him a couple times and I just wander around the city and it was, you know, it was cool. It was kind of a fun vibe, but definitely not for me to live there. No, no, thank you. Yeah. That's the thing. All right. Well, on that note, uh, we're we're committed upstaters here yeah. on uh, on the free solution. You're gonna have like uh, and legal weed. You're gonna be like stoned for the next show. <laughs> I, 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 a, I don't think that that's gonna happen. B, I could have always gotten weed like that. That was always an option. It was. Like, I'm not going to let the government stop me from that. If if that is what I really wanted to do, I just I have smoked before. I don't like, but not in a while. Like I yeah. just, it's not really my thing. You know, uh, yeah. same actually. Yeah, same. just I just think it should be legal. I don't think. Yeah, same. Legal. It's like, yeah, I don't like. We it. shouldn't. We shouldn't be throwing people in jail for it. That's no. See, you can grow in your backyard in a in a five gallon bucket. The plants get huge. People shouldn't yeah, go to do. jail for it. That's it. Sorry. Yeah, it's a medicine. 
yeah, no, that's there. There are definitely medicinal purposes, and I and I know folks who take it like legitimately for like they they have like medical reasons to get like a medical marijuana card and they use it for pain management and and a few other things and it works well for them. Yeah. So sorry about the bad news about the swan, everybody. Like that was that was I I you know I just had to do it. But you bum people out, man. <laughs> it, it it was timely. I'm sad for the swan. Kind of like a park swan, you know? It was like at the pond in the middle of town. Everybody knew the swan. <laughs> Some kids decided to eat it. Just off the Dang. Head. Yeah. Anyway, uh, now that we're going to be leaving you on a bummer, uh, we're <laughs> going to end the show. Come back next week. I'll have more fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, let, Tim will tell us about other beloved animals who were eaten. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. All right. Sure. Have a good night, folks. Take care. <laughs> a free solution. 